It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. It is time to take an afternoon drive, a Steelers Afternoon Drive with Zachary Smith. That's Alan Saunders, as you can see on his Steelers Afternoon Drive. Looks like he's still just the music playing in his head right now. Still, with you his know head what? Going, so but... yesterday was the first time we did this setup where I'm in the car, and yeah, I have to like push a button to hear the the song when it plays. And yesterday oh. I just I didn't push it. I was like, well, I've heard the song, you know, whatever. Today I was like, no, I, to to really be in the proper mindset to go on a Steelers Afternoon Drive, I need the music. Hit the button. Now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. There we go. Uh, Alan, coming from Steelers practice, uh, I feel like let's just jump right into it uh, and go over some injury stuff. Shortly before we jumped on here to start recording it coming out at Steelers now, uh, Kevin Dotson will not play in the preseason finale with a shoulder injury. Yeah, Dot uh, didn't work today. Don't know exactly what happened or how, but it doesn't seem like it's a long-term thing for him. Uh, but he is not going to play in this last preseason game. And uh, now suddenly, like, the depth of guard is uh, scattered, right? Because Nate Herbig didn't play in the last one. Don't know if he is or isn't. Uh, I talked to him a little bit, and he said, you know, still up in the air at this point. He was a limited participant in today's practice, did some work, but didn't do full work. Um, Talked to Nate a little bit and said he would like to get – uh, some snaps at center in a game if he can. So he's really pushing to play, not for guard's sake, but because if center mm. is going to be something they ask him to do in the regular season, he doesn't want the first one to be you know, in a real game. And so I think there's a push to get him, you know, for him anyway, to get back in the lineup. But we'll see what the trainers say and see what the coaching staff says. As Nate said, uh, that's above my pay grade. <laughs> I mean – so where are we at with this backup center thing like in your mind because can you realistically go into the season and say if mason cole goes down kendrick green's the center no if mason cole goes down for any amount of time one of the guards is going to move to center whether it's daniels or whether it's herbig or or what have you the really the only thing that you can make an argument for is if you know he needs to miss 10 plays and let's just put somebody out there. I, I don't know. I think you need another center just for practice every day. Like you yeah. need that, right? You don't want Nate Herbig practicing at center every day, but that can be from the practice squad. That doesn't need to be from the 53 man roster. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards that's the plan is that Kendrick Green is the second team center, but does it from the practice squad. And if something happens in a game, it'll be Herbig to move over and then figure it out from there. I don't know. Or they got to go to the waiver wire. I, I just, there's nobody else that is a better true center on the roster than Kendrick Green right now. And he clearly has not been good enough. Went back and looked at the film of that snap against the Bills. And, you know, I think he pretty clearly just gets the cadence wrong um, and then compounds it by a snap that is so off target. You know, if, if you snap the ball and the quarterback's not ready for it and it hits him in the chest, uh, it's it's a fairly minor offense, you know. Uh, if you mm-hmm. snap the ball and the quarterback's not ready for it and it, it misses him completely, then you've got a big problem. And I think that's, that's where they are with Kendrick Green. 
He also is, I mean, it would also be one thing if he was this guy that was like such a good blocker uh, and the snapping was the only problem. But that hasn't been the case either. You know, he's blocked okay. Gets pushed back into Mason Rudolph, helping cause a sack uh, in that game. I thought it was okay, but it's not like he's been so good at blocking that you can ignore the snapping either. So, I mean, I talked to Connor Hayward today about playing fullback and not just like what he did last year, which was I would call more of like a move tight end or an H-back kind of thing, like Mm -hmm. hand in the ground, Derek Watt, Dan Kreider style fullback. And he said, yeah, like that's going to be my job. And uh, if Kendrick Green was on the roster and was going to have a helmet every day, I don't think that would be his job, right? I, I think Green can do that. Uh, Connor's kind of playing out of position there a little bit, but it's certainly something that he can do. And he said he picked up some things from Derek Watt playing with him last year that he appreciated and feels like he's getting comfortable doing it. So, you know, that, that like fourth and one fullback handoff that was automatic last year, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Connor's a good ball carrier, but he's not the same kind of guy as Derek Watt. So, We'll see if they still have that in their bag, but it's definitely just a uh, – yeah, it's a mess. The, the, the whole situation with Kendrick Green is a mess. They, they needed him to be – man, when you get a third-round draft pick and he's in his third year and you can't even trust him to be your backup, that's yeah. – that's one of the things that have gone quite badly. Yeah, I, you kind of answered what, what I was going to lead to off that within that. Like, you still think regardless, though, he's going to either be on the 53 or the practice squad. Like, there's no way they cut ties. Unless they pick somebody else up on waivers, that's the only way I can see them just coming. So if, they, yeah. if somebody else cuts a guy that they want to claim as their backup center, and they do that, then they probably don't need Kendrick Green. But otherwise, I have a hard time seeing him just gone. Uh, I like the name that you mentioned on uh, Locked On with Chris Carter, Jimmy Morrissey, pick guy. Uh, I'd love to see Jimbo, man. He's one of my one of my favorite guys to cover. Just a great dude. Walked on at Pitt, a uh, little bit undersized. But a uh, huge heart on that guy. And uh, I, I love I, I would love for that to happen. I don't know if it will, but it, it certainly seems like it's it's plausible. So why not? Yeah, Texans with multiple centers there, right? Uh, he was was yeah, he a got, draft pick? Was he a draft pick he, or was he an unsigned draft guy? He was drafted by the Raiders, but then okay, they yeah. cut him. He didn't make the team. And then the Texans grabbed him. And, uh, and he, he's been with them ever since. Okay. Um, kind of playing off the whole Herbig thing now, because we mentioned, like, would like to see him get some work in uh, guard. Maybe he does see some reps at center in this preseason finale, but he's not the only injured guy we're hoping to, to see come back. Trey Norwood injured, really hasn't gotten out there. And Larry Ogunjobi, we talked about yesterday, too, after being able to shed that boot, who – according to you, like confidently said he was going to play in this game on Thursday. Um, so let, let's go to and talk about those guys coming back now. Yeah, Larry, uh, not not a big participant in practice today. He did very confidently say yesterday that he was going to play. So uh, we'll see. Uh, Trey, I talked to today. He's been working back from a calf injury for about a week or two now. He actually was getting some reps back when we were still at Latrobe. Um I would say he was closer to full today, and he said he's going to play. And I believe Trey. Not that I don't believe Larry. I'm just not – my eyes mm-hmm. aren't lining up with uh, with what he's saying. But with Trey, it is. I think he will play. And this is a big game for Trey Norwood. Like, I've had him 
and on the outside looking into that last safety spot for a while now. Miles Killebrew brings a lot to the table as a special teamer. Kenny Robinson played well when he was asked to do things uh, when when Trey and others were out. So I think it's an important game for Trey to get out there and, and make some plays and see how that shakes out. And then Tomlin saying everyone healthy will play in this game. I believe he said that before the opener too. And then we saw some, you know, defensive starters not play. What is your expectation in terms of whether it's those same guys or are we expecting to see literally everybody that's healthy in this game? I think you'll see literally everybody that's healthy, you know, how much I think it'll be more varied, but I think you could see the first team offense play a half. Mm. Uh, I think you could see, you know, outside of Peterson, Hayward, Watt, Minka, you know, those sort of like been there, done that top of the table vets outside of those guys. I think you could see the rest of the starting defense, you know, guys like Levi Wallace, KZ, Cole Holcomb, like, like guys like that. I think they could play a half too. I think we could see most of the regulars go about a half. And then I really think you'll see, you know, kind of the second team, like Mitch Trubisky is going to play a lot. Uh, you know, guys like Ant McFarland and you know, Dylan Cook and, and other guys who are like kind of on the, the borderline of that, that roster. Um, those guys are going to get a lot of playing time. This is this will not be a, a run the bench out and you see all 90 of them in this one. You know, I think you're going to see, for the most part, guys are going to be on the team in 10 days playing in this game on Thursday. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting because I was going back. I looked at last year, like Trubisky attempted 19 passes in their preseason finale last year. That's actually the game where TJ got nicked up in on a, on a block by TJ Hawkinson. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like guys played last year, but it's always interesting to see how teams have managed it going from that four games to three games for that third game, that preseason finale. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see how much time we get from these guys. Yeah, basically, Tomlin just said, like, we went from four games to three games, and I treat the, same, the first three the same as I did. So, you know, that third game was always the one that the, the starters played, and uh, and I think that's you know, the way he's going to approach this. And, you know, losing that fourth game just means less of an opportunity for those bottom-of-the-roster guys to make an impact. But, you know, I think uh, th- this is definitely the one where we're going to see the most out of the, the starters you know, he wouldn't commit to a time frame. He kind of said, like, there's certain things I want to see. You know, mm-hmm. this Atlanta offense is going to run the ball a lot. I'm not really afraid of their passing game. I don't think the Steelers should be. So maybe those ones offense go out there and they get a couple punts in a row. Maybe they won't play the whole first half. But, you know, we haven't seen a two-minute drill from either the first-team offense or the first-team defense. I would I would be surprised if we go through a two-minute drill, either whichever way they get one, you know, offensive defense without some starters out there. I, I expect that to happen. Gotcha. Okay. And, and talking about the defensive starters, and we mentioned guys like Patrick Peterson, not knowing how much he was going to play. Uh, I would like to see him get some snaps in the slot because Mike Tomlin, very confident about that. However, we've seen uh, one play of that happening. So. I don't yeah. Know. Mike Tomlin, <laughs> I was very surprised. Someone asked him about it today, about seeing uh, if, you know, he was kind of very, all right, well, let's get behind the scenes here about reporting on Mike Tomlin a little bit. When Mike Tomlin tells you something in his opening, he kind of lays the groundwork for, like, the way he's going to talk about things. So, you know, he said, like, look, we're going to play the first team, we're going to play the second team, we're going to play the third team. 
there are things that I want to see from each of those units, you know, both collectively and individually. And I'm, they're going to be in the game until I see those things. Mm-hmm. And he's just baiting us to be like, well, what are those things? And he's going to be like, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, like that's, that's the process. Right. And uh, so, you know, very much taking the bait. Someone asked, you know, do you need to see Patrick Peterson uh, play the slot? Is that something that, that you're looking for in this game? And much to my surprise, Tomlin said, no, no, I don't. I don't need to see that. That's not one of the things that we're looking for, which I didn't expect a straight answer to the question, for one. Second, if, I, if yeah. it was a straight answer to the question, that was not the one I was expecting. So, I mean, look at Pat. It was a bad game for Patrick Peterson. Like, we, we have to – I mean, I understand Stefan Diggs, and that's a difficult assignment, but that was not – great in that first preseason game i understand he's got years and years of experience under his belt but he's playing in a very different scheme he's being asked to do a lot more man coverage if he's going to play in the slot he had seven slot reps all of last year uh how are we just so confident that that is going to be fine when they go to roll the ball out there on september 10th man i i don't know about your perspective but that's not a place in this defense I'm very comfortable with right now. No, absolutely not. I mean, whether uh, let's okay. So level of confidence in Patrick Peterson, just because he's been there and done that, even though a lot of that time hasn't been spent in the slot is one thing, but you look at the other options, whether it's Elijah Riley, Chan and Sullivan, like uh, where is the confidence level there for those guys to play significant snaps within the slot? Because they've been, you know, they've had their moments in camp and in the preseason, obviously both had interceptions in that second preseason game. But playing in a regular season NFL game tomorrow, there's not a whole lot of confidence, at least from me, for either one of those guys to do it. Yes, I I wrote the story yesterday about, you know, I guess T.A. had talked about that battle. And Mm -hmm. I got a comment. I can't remember if it was on the website or if it was on Twitter. Someone's like, oh, at least I feel more confident in these two than I do in Art Millette. I'm like, why? Art Millette had, like, done the job at the NFL level before. Now, Chan Sullivan Mm -hmm. has too, but – you know, not in the same way and not certainly not in this defense. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm very – sometimes, you know, even those of us that cover the team very closely and we practice every day, sometimes we don't get the whole picture about everything. Maybe that's one of those cases where the team has it figured out and they're just doing a very good job of keeping things close to the vest. One of those things might be that they're just going to play that three safety nickel almost all the time when they want to play nickel. And that really mm-hmm. doesn't matter that much who the slot cornerback is. Like their dime is a three safety dime. So clearly they feel good about their top three safeties um, mm-hmm. in a way that they do not feel good <clears throat> about their third corner, or at least should not feel about their third corner. So, yeah, man, I don't know. It's confusing. Um, I'll take it as it comes, but I, I don't quite get that one. And I don't really have an answer as to why they wouldn't want to see more out of Pat Pete in the slot specifically just because he hasn't done it. Right. Yeah. Well, also with the three safety stuff, I feel like the name that we haven't talked about a lot on here is Keanu Neal, obviously missed some time at practice too, but where are you at with him? Like, do you think that he on the opposite end of like an Elijah Riley or Shannon Sullivan is up to task to be a significant contributor for this defense? I mean, I think he can do that job. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
one of the goals of that three safety nickel is to just have you know you have a third DB on the field or a fifth DB on the field, but also to free up Minka Fitzpatrick to do different things. And you know, I think that's really what Keanu Neal brings to the table as a veteran guy with a lot of experience. Um, where if you're playing three safeties, you know, you can let Demonte KZ be a traditional free safety and Keanu Neal be a traditional strong safety and let Minka be a wild card where the, the offense has no idea what he's going to be. Is he going to be a slot corner? Is he going to be a box safety? Is he going to be a half field safety? Is he going to be a robber? Is, you know, is he going to play center field? Like he, is he going to blitz? Um, there was two reps in that Buffalo game where, and I would have to go back and look and see what defense they were in. It might've been in base, but they walked Minka up to the line and he just obliterated running play. Like just, just blew it up. And like, those are things that he's always been able to do, but there was a time there when I feel like they were so, they needed him to be in coverage so much that he was so far away from the ball so often. What year was that where he had all the tackles? Was that 21 where he had like a hundred mm-hmm. tackles? Yeah. Yeah. All of them come flying up from like 12 yards back to make the tackle, which great. Like he collected all those tackles, but th- like those are non-impact plays, right? If your safety's coming up to make plays in the run game, like that means generally it's like a four or five yard game. Like that's not what you want to see. So I think you know, that's what Neil is going to bring to the table. Is going to let Minka Fitzpatrick be more flexible and and more dangerous. Um, you know, he doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to be a big playmaker on his own. He hits hard. I'll tell you that. Um, to everybody on this defense hits hard. There's nobody out there taking plays off. Um, it is really quite a quite a ferocious defense, even in practice, even like a practice today without pads. They 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 hit, um, and so you know I think he definitely brings that to the table in a big way. Um, I do think they are going to play that three safety nickel a good bit, um, mostly just because I think it's the best. Tomlin, you know. Got to paint the barn red. If you got red paint, you got three good safeties. We're gonna play three safety nickel. We don't have three good corners. Um, so I, I think that may be a part of this. But <coughs> I'll be really interested to see if Riley makes the fifty-three man roster because mm-hmm. you know last year they really only kept one slot corner. Like you know Sutton was an inside-outside guy, and then it was Millette and. They had Trey Norwood who could play in the slot a little bit, and, and Riley was playing after some injuries. He, he got called up from the practice squad, but um, you know he wasn't a day one fifty three guy last year. I don't know if he will be this year or not. I, I'm I'm really not certain what it is they have planned there. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting because uh, where I want to pivot to from this is just going. We talked about the different defenses and different packages, how it could line up. You talked to Quan Alexander today, who seen some time at dime linebacker when they go into dime we expect could expect to see him on the field probably their best option in terms of a coverage asset in that linebacker room um what was that conversation like and can we expect them to maybe you know utilize that more in his skill set yeah i think he's going to be the dime linebacker they worked a lot of dime today talked to Quan very briefly um also Quan has red hair. I don't know if you've seen. He's got like red tips on his. Is dreads. it red again? Yeah, I mean, he he he. I feel like he goes between some different colors. So well, right but, now it's red. Yeah, and I'm not like enough of a fashion niece to know. 
but I'm sure it was like Louis Vuitton or Coach or something like that. He's got a bag that matches his hair. Like, oh wow! Perfectly. <laughs> so like this bright red, like Louis Vuitton bag he's carrying around with his red hair and red Beats headphones, and I'm like, this is a man. This is a man with some style right here. Not that has anything to do with playing linebacker, but I, I mean, look good, play that. good. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, the fit check was was on point for for Quan today. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be a big part of the way, you know, Mike Tomlin said today, three varsity linebackers. Like, he likes all of them. I think that's going to be the way that kind of Quan gets his reps. You know, Landon Roberts is going to play goal line, base defense, you know, nickel against teams that run heavy out of the nickel, um, like the 49ers in week one, probably. But there are going to be games where it's a lot of dime against teams that throw, a lot of nickel against teams that throw. And I think those those are going to be games where we see more Quan Alexander. That's how he's going to get his reps. And I think it fits his skill set very well. We'll see. You know, he's, he's a guy that I I just can't figure out why nobody wanted because he's been awesome ever since the Steelers got him. Seems like a great fit in the locker room. Another guy that just hits everything as hard as he can. He's fighting his $40,000 fine for that hit. And I, yeah. somebody sent me a screenshot where you can very clearly see that he hits him with the side of his helmet, not the top of it, where it's like more, you know, here on the side of his head than it is the crown. Mm-hmm. So I hope mm-hmm. he gets his 40 grand back because that is, that is an absurd fine for, for that alleged crime. I know. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, I, I think I might have seen at least a similar screenshot that you're talking about, if not the same yeah. one, because yeah, he's got a case there. All you got to do is show him that image. Um, so we we talked about these different packages a lot because of our lack of faith in that slot corner position where they aren't that deep uh, in that DB room on the back end with the depth, especially one spot where they are very deep is along the defensive line. And we expect that they were going to see a very good player get cut from that group. Uh, Nick wrote about it today, but I thought it was very interesting. If you want to reiterate on here, Mont Adams, great quote about that defensive line and the depth that they have. Yeah. Uh, incredible quote. One of the best we'll probably get all year. Mont basically told Nick, he was like, Hey, I you know, it's, it's not a competition. It's a brotherhood. We're all trying to make each other better. We all know that we're good enough to play in the NFL and we all want the young guys to shine. And so if I go out there and I help, a young guy get better and I get cut because of that, I'm totally fine with that. And like that is just the that is an all-timer quote from Mon Adams, who is one of the best dudes uh on the team. But man, like that's that's some serious culture building right there when you've got someone to say, literally, mm-hmm. I don't care if they cut me, like this is what we're gonna do. I'm helping somebody potentially take my job yeah. at the end of the day. And, yeah. and is very okay with it. Like that's, uh, that's when you know you got a really good team culture going on. Where, and not only for them to think that, but to feel comfortable saying it. Like it's, it's pretty incredible. Mont's obviously a guy who's been cut before. He's not a stranger to it. But, man, that's, uh, that's, that's some real stuff right there. And I do think they're going to cut a player that is good enough to play in the NFL. I don't think it'll be Mont um, since he's starting right now, but uh, you know, it could be, 
I think probably more likely is one of Isaiah Loudermilk, Braden Fajoko, and, and Armin Watts. But it's very interesting that, that, you, ha- that you have guys that are – and, you know, um, not – that didn't come up in this organization. You know, the Steelers playing mm-hmm. – or pulled Martin off the Saints practice squad two seasons ago. You got Fajoko just came in as a free agent. And, and they seem to really, really appreciate – the team and the team culture and, and the way it's come together in a big way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got to appreciate that, but I, I agree. I don't know who it's going to be that is trimmed from this, this roster. But when you look at that D line and, and everything that we've heard, everything that we've seen, it's, it's hard to think they're not going to lose a really good player. So um, do you have anything that actually could tie in pretty well to something I wanted to pluck from YouTube? Um, we might have something else. Okay. So interestingly enough, we can talk about this defensive line depth because somebody suggested that they keep all those guys. So let's some, we're going to find a way to tie Anthony McFarland into this defensive line. Are you ready? Here we go. He's not playing. I'm sure of that. (laughs) Um, Anthony McFarland. Here we go. Uh, 22 spent the entire time on the practice squad, eight touches and dressing only one game. Huge depth of O-line and D-line. Wide receivers and linebackers needing retained. And the icing on top of the cake is Connor Hayward. His utility on the field and can be RB capable. Just cannot see Anthony McFarland making the 53-man roster. Well, so I guess the suggestion there is that you would... So, man, there's lots to unpack there. Okay. I do kind of agree that if you say you have eight good defensive linemen, find a way to keep them because you probably don't have like 53 NFL worthy players. Right. Mm-hmm. So you kind of yes. take the best ones and figure the positions out. Um, however, uh, Anthony McFarland is not going to be one of the guys that get cut. I mean, you compare his 2022 numbers. Well, Benny Snell was on the team in 2022. He's gone. Like Anthony McFarland is taking that running back three role and he's taking it because he's earned it. He's been really good in training camp in the preseason and there's nobody else like that. Like Benny Snell dressed in every single game and had way more than eight touches last year. So, I mean, I don't know why Ant's numbers last year would be relevant. Like the, the third running back is going to not only be on the team, but dress in every game. And that's going to be Anthony McFarland. Now, is there an argument to be also wait one more uh, Connor Hayward cannot play running back in the NFL. He can line up at running back every once in a while as like a gimmick thing. If, mm-hmm. if like something horrible happens in a game and Najee and Jalen Warren uh, like run into each other on the sideline and both sprain their ankles, Connor Hayward cannot go be tailback for 30 carries. Like no, not a chance in the world. Cannot happen. Um, it just, it cannot. So uh, that's, he's, he can provide fullback and H-back and tight end. He's not providing any actual depth at running back. That's, that's not something that he, he can do. Um, so, yeah, Anthony McFarland's making this team. But I think to tie into our last conversation, like we're talking about the slot corner situation and how really the problem is that none of these guys are good enough. Like do we need – do the Steelers need to have two slot corners and five safeties? Like, because probably not, right? Like, that, that that seems like too much. And so, you know, I think there's a possibility that 
even though I think Elijah Riley has been very good, you can make an argument that you should keep the extra defensive lineman instead because one of those guys is going to get claimed and no one's going to claim Elijah Riley and, or, you know, or substitute Miles Killebrew or Kenny Robinson or Trey Norwood or whatever, you know, um, I, I do think they're James Pierre, whatever. I, I, I do think that they're, that's an interesting argument to make that, that if you think that your eight defensive linemen are all good enough, then keep them all and figure it out somewhere else where your depth is not as good. And if you lose a guy, Hey, the depth wasn't as good there anyway. So, you know, don't worry about it. I, I think that's, that part of that argument is valid, but there's no way that Anthony McFarland is not making this team in my estimate. Yeah. And, and I think with the, obviously like you said the case would be just keep the best 53 guys if there's that many defensive linemen worthy of keeping on the 53 keep that many defensive linemen the only time that you would run into an issue is if you see like multiple injuries happen on the back end and you don't have that many guys that you kept on the 53 on or on game day to cover it um because you could probably keep a bunch of defensive backs on the practice squad that obviously if an injury were to happen in a week you could just call up from that um yeah i just like yeah, you, I don't hey, think look, they have... I mean, the offensive line like I think probably like if I put a 53 together right now, Kendrick Green, not yeah. on it. But mm-hmm. if Nate Herbig and Kevin Dotson are both not available for week one, that that might change my mind a little bit. Like now Kendrick Green starts to become one of your most playable backups, right? Like, like, yeah. like good or bad, there's nobody else there, right? And so – um, that certainly becomes part of the conversation. You know, a lot about the 53-man roster is who's healthy on that day. And uh, so, you know, if, if Dodd and, and Herbig are both banged up and, and not able to play in week one, now it seems like I think Herbig should be able to. I mean, if he's talking about still being able to play on Thursday, you know, mm-hmm. here two weeks ahead of time, like, but you never know what's going to happen. Maybe he tries to play and, and, and think it worse, you know, something like that. That, that could be a problem. So, um, the, the, when you're talking about like players 52 and 53, it's very much at the whims of who's healthy, you know, the way the wind blows, really. You, you know, it, 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 it's very variable, and, and you can make an argument to go a lot of different directions. But I do think the idea that if you're sure that those eight guys are all NFL players, then keep all eight and figure it out wherever you else to figure it out is is a thought that has some, some merit to it. Yeah. And there's going to be some fluctuation here. Like you're not going to go into the season and end the season with the same guys on the roster, but at least the way that they open up. And I think that you've brought this up before. Is it typically like 25, 25, and then the three specialists, do they try to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Usually, unless there's like an injury that they're accounting for, it's, it'll be 25, 25, and 30. Okay. So yeah, doing the math on that, you can figure out like, you know, sure. But is there even the conversation about the wide receivers? Like, is there? So I think it, you know the wide receivers are, are interesting too. You know, I don't know that really six of them have merited being on the roster, but right. I think it's really hard to pick between five and six if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how that'll play out. Um, and, and again, if you feel like you have to keep a ninth lineman because. Herbig yes, and, yeah. and Dodd are banged up, then I can't see them keeping a six wide receiver because there will be four tight ends, there will be three quarterbacks, there will be three running backs. There's nobody else left. Like that, that's it. So it's you know you you get 
either nine linemen and five wide receivers, you get eight linemen and six wide receivers. That's, you know, in, in many ways, this uh, 53 is difficult to project because those last three guys could come from any number of positions. However, you know, I really do think quarterback is decided, running back is decided, tight end is decided, um, you know, linebacker is decided, outside corner is decided. There's only so many places where you can pull guys, you know, that, that are in play at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. It's also very interesting, like sitting here now thinking about, okay, the Steelers play in two days and then they don't have another game until September 10th. Like a lot of time yeah, so, there between that. Yeah, Mike Tomlin's asked about that and he did not answer that one. He gave a, a very classic dodge there. Um, I will be very curious to see when the make their cuts like mm. do they cut guys usually they cut guys the morning after the last preseason game yeah. whether they have to or not um will that be the case or will they wait i mean there are guys that we all know are not going to make the team they can cut them whatever they don't really matter um but you know, will will the last three cuts go down to the wire or something like that there's also you have to remember you know, if there's injuries now, I don't know that there's anybody that's injured right now that they would be trying to get onto the injured reserve eligible to return designation. Maybe Kevin Dotson will be that. But mm. so if you want to be on the IR with the ability to return, you have to start the season on the 53 man roster. So like what they'll do is they'll take a guy who's on a one year deal. who doesn't matter. and doesn't have to go through waivers like say, trying to think of one here <clears throat> like Shannon Sullivan okay like they could cut Shannon Sullivan <coughs> put Kevin Dotson on the 53-man roster and then the next day move the Dotson to the IR and re-sign Sullivan because he doesn't have to go through waivers so they can't lose him and they'll guarantee the players money and so it doesn't it doesn't matter so you may see some moves like that but I'll be very curious to see if they're if they're gonna do that Friday morning or if they're gonna wait until closer to the deadline because there's a long way in between there. It's very I can't recall that them having this much time in between their last preseason game and the cutdown date ever. Right. And that's also, you know, a case for these guys to get the reps in this game because it'd be a long time before they play football at a football game after this. So Yeah, I mean I don't even know what they're like, are they gonna pra- they're probably like probably going to practice over the weekend i would assume i don't know very mm-hmm. very strange timing here and they have to be off friday after the game but like, they could practice saturday and sunday i don't know if they will but th- they certainly could yeah okay uh alan anything else as we come to the end of our afternoon drive no i don't think so uh we still need cars i've actually yeah i mean that's you know, a, that's a given look. Yeah. Keep, keep an eye out here on my drive. I thought maybe one of these days you're just going to see me pull in the park and yank the phone out of the <laughs> holder and run over to somebody in like a K Blazer from 96 with like a big Steeler stripe down the middle of it and do an impromptu interview. Um, still need the cars. Keep the questions and comments coming. I've been loving that. And uh, make sure you check out the stuff at SteelersNow.com. That's it. Oh, going to Atlanta. Uh, I can I can deliver the podcast plans now. Uh, mm, Derek okay. Bell 
tomorrow. You, you, Smitty and Derek Bell tomorrow. Me live from Atlanta on Thursday. And maybe we'll do it live this time. What do you think about that? That could work. Can absolutely I do it. I think we should do it. Bill O'Reilly, very famous. Uh, we'll do it live. <laughs> we'll do it live. I think we should do it live on Thursday from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And then Friday, Nick Fairball in this in this space. Wait, no, think of that way. This space. Yeah. Uh, okay. Three days, three different faces next to me. That's what we're hearing. Yeah, everybody of uh, Steelers now collectively going to be a part of Steelers afternoon drive for the next few days. So love to hear that. All right. So if that's all, Alan, you can tell the people where they can find you. At a Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter at PGH Steelers now on Twitter on YouTube like and subscribe to the YouTube channel this show props reports sights and sounds videos interview videos stuff I'm gonna have from Atlanta that nobody else is gonna have uh, SteelersNow.com that's where all the words are go read them all right and I'm Zachary Smith PGH same thing that Alan just said like subscribe hit that notification bell leave us comments leave us a five star review if you're listening somewhere that isn't youtube do all that good stuff for us and we will see well i will see you tomorrow with derek bell really excited for that and again derek allen then nick three straight days a lot of diversity coming to this show so be on the lookout for that hit that notification bell so you don't miss them until tomorrow steelers afternoon drive we'll talk to you then bye-bye